brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back with another real estate episode, and today we're going to get into a lot of meat and potatoes, and we're going to tell you some things. We're going to express to you some things that I think is going to be able to help you no matter where you are in the world. Uh, today, we have on the line my good friend, Mr. Chris Nagel. Chris, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? What's up, Dream Nation? I'm super excited to be here and excited to get into this with you. Oh, absolutely. Now, you have been deemed as America's money mentor or one of America's biggest financial advisors. And just from a lot of different aspects, because I know that one, you are an investor yourself, but two, you teach people the money concepts that they never even knew about. And that's what I'm excited to talk to you about today. But the way that I always love to start this is I love to compare us as entrepreneurs uh, super to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world. We're putting on a cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. And I know that you are. So what we know a lot of the times is who is Superman? We see the S in the chest. We see him flying around the world. But we don't know who that Clark Kent necessarily is. And so for anybody who's seen you on YouTube or seen your businesses that have been featured in Forbes, or entrepreneur or anything else tell us behind the scenes who is that Clark Kent when it comes to Chris Nagel that's interesting you know I, it is a Clark Kent story I grew up in a lower lower middle-class family raised by my mom dad wasn't in the picture much like you know your story uh, he was an alcoholic so I didn't really have too much to do with him but the one thing mom did that uh, I always give her a ton of credit for is she taught me to dream, taught me to dream big and always showed me, you know, that if I wanted something, the first thing I should do is articulate it on paper. So I got to, you know, draw every single thing I wanted. I would get so deep into these drawings, whether it was me skateboarding or me snowboarding or me riding a dirt bike, that those things materialized. And that's, you know, at, the, at a young age, I had no idea that that's a universal law, but that's how I grew up. And, you know, in that growing up, one of the big dreams that I had as a kid living in Buffalo, New York, was I wanted to be a professional snowboarder. I, I, I just loved it. Um, I started doing it. I, I was terrible at it in the beginning, but that was my all-time goal. But living in Buffalo, that's a tough thing to do. Like, you can't just, you know, go to the mountain. We have hills. Right. And uh, that posed problems because I remember people would tell me, Chris, you know, I, it's a great dream, but you can't do that in Buffalo. You'd have to move. And I said, well, why can't I? 
if I just do what everybody else is unwilling to do. So although I didn't have the resources to go to the resorts or fly to them or have mom take me on a snowboarding trip, what I did have is a country club that was built in a ravine close to my house. So mom would drop me off at the end of, at the, end of the day of school to this hill and I would basically go down and I'd run. I, I only had so much time from the end of school till when it got dark is all I had every time I did this. And I would have a shovel. I'd build a jump out of a sand trap. And the prior days I was just studying VHS tapes of snowboarding and magazines. And I had all the tricks in my mind and I would just drill them as fast as I could until mom picked me up. And I'm like, darn it. All right. Another day. And that's how I did it. And then that moved to a trampoline in the summer to learn tricks. And lo and behold, all that practice against all odds and everybody telling me I couldn't do it, I ended up becoming a pro snowboarder. And that was kind of my my upbringing. And it wasn't uh, easy, but I didn't know any different. Most people tell me, oh, you know, that must have been hard growing up without, you know, money and in a single, you know, with a single mom and 700 square foot, two bedroom house. And I said, you know what? It was the best thing ever. It's all I knew. It didn't matter that other people had more. This is what I had. And we made the best of it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, you then become a professional snowboarder where do where does your life take a change at because as a professional snowboarder you have a lot of people around you you have a lot of things going on were you able to manage your money in the proper place at that time or what did that look like for you where did you then all of a sudden decide you wanted to take up the the finances part of things well there's a little bit more to that story see you know I, i was on the journey to being a pro snowboarder and i remember at 16 I had a, a big boy job at a restaurant, but they treated me so poorly that I was depressed every day. So that job, I ended up quitting it, and I came home, and I said, Mom, can I start a clothing line in the basement? And that was when I was 16 years old. I started Fat Clothing Company, P-H-A-T. And I ran that for the next year. And you know, when we're talking about money, the only purpose of this company was for me to have fun, and not only that, for me to make enough money so that I, I could get to the resort to snowboard on the weekend. That was the only purpose. Can I make enough running this t-shirt company and selling shirts out of my backpack to my friends in school to travel over on the weekend and get to the resort, buy my snowboards and that. That was the only purpose. So business, you know, a lot of people get into business because they want to be super wealthy. To me back then, business was just a means for me not to trade hours for dollars so mm. I could focus on that journey that I was on to becoming that pro snowboarder. And really the, the where it really changed when it became more about money so than, you know, the hobby and the passion was at about 17 turning 18, I wanted to open up my own store called Fat Man Board Shops. And I needed 70,000 bucks. So this was my first crash course into realizing how difficult life can be sometimes. Remember I said I came from very little. So when I needed 70 grand, I went around and I asked everybody that I knew for money and everybody said, no, absolutely not, heck no. But then I went to a bank and the bank said, well, we'd give you a shot. You know, we like your business plan because I had learned to write a business plan, but we need collateral. And I said, okay, what's that? And they said, well, Mm -hmm. something that will cover the amount of the loan. I said, perfect. I've got a 1986 Buick Skyhawk. I've got a baseball card collection and I got a KX-125. Like, will that be enough? (laughs) Obviously, that's not enough. So my mom saw this happening and and realized that the dream was going to die. So she actually put her house on the line. That's the only thing my mother had was this little 700 square foot, two bedroom house that I grew up in. And she put it on the line so that her punk snowboard kid could chase his dream. And that's when things got real because now I got mom's house on the line. So, you know, Chris, the snowboarder fails at this new venture, which it very well could have. 
I just lose mom's house. So that was the point where I really started focusing on the money side. How do I not fail? And it was a lot more than just, you know, the dream of chasing big dollars. It was the dream of surviving and keeping mom's house and still fulfilling this this destiny. And that went on all the way straight through. I never lost mom's house. <laughs> that business was a success. And all the way up to the early 2000s, I, I faced my first recession. When the dot-com crash happened, I realized what a recession was. My business fell 30% and I actually had to go get a job. But I was either going to deliver pizzas for Little Caesars or get a real job. And where I landed is kind of ironic. I landed in Wall Street. I put resumes out and I don't know what business a punk snowboard kid had in Wall Street, but that's that's where I ended up. Did and you have a degree? I had no degree in finance. I was just self-employed since 16. And I later found out when financial firms are looking at resumes, you know, they're, they're looking for education, background and stuff. And I had a little bit of schooling, but not much. I mean, I'm, I'm no Ivy League, you know, kid. I didn't come from a Harvard or anything. I came from a community college. Like that was where I went. And, you know, but what they focused on is the work ethic and entrepreneurs have something about them that makes them more successful in, in the financial world. So that's what they honed in on. And that's why I got that shot. And it was supposed to be a temporary thing. I'm not going to lie. Like when I first took that financial advisor job, I'm like, this is just a temporary thing till I can get my stores going and then I can go back and live my perfect little professional snowboard life with, with these shops. But I loved it. I loved it. And I, I ended up doing really good the first year. I made more money than I had ever made. And then going forward through that, you know, I, I started learning a lot, building a, a book and building a lot of clients and I flipped a couple houses in 06 and 07, so I entered real estate, kind of a little bit, and then I was crushing it. I was one of the top three advisors in the firm by 2008, and uh, in 2008, that's when I took that next big plunge, because now I'd learned about money, I'd built up some credit, I had a little bit in assets and some stocks and bonds and things, so I, I wanted to buy my own place, so I wasn't always renting from landlords, I was actually a landlord owning the building. And I bought a dilapidated paint store and I went in to start renovating it. I borrowed money from a, a hard money lender that I should not have borrowed money from. And well, you, you probably know what's coming next because I said the year and you know, in life, right. sometimes timing's everything. In my life, I thought was going this direction. And then all of a sudden when the great recession hit, I was going that direction. And I was on my knees, literally not knowing how I was going to make it through the next month and pay this hard money lender and keep everything afloat. And uh, yeah, that was the first really big crash in my life where I realized I'm in a lot of trouble. So how, tell us, how did you get out of that? Like, how did you start to, to, was it seminars? Did you have a mentor? Did you just have to go work a job for two years and build it all back up? What did that look like for your turnaround? And how long did the 08 recession really keep you down before you started to pick things back up? Yeah, so none of that stuff. No seminars, didn't have mentors. I was, I was still in that point in my life where I was thinking, all right, why would I spend money on a mentor? I mean, give somebody else money to tell me how to do things. I, you know, I just good day dream builder. Hey, if you're anything like me, then you're always on the go. You're always grinding. But at the end of the day, you understand that your health is wealth and that you got to work smarter, even though every single day you're trying to get 1% better and you're trying to work harder. 
That's exactly why I want to introduce you to Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. And what I love about Green Chef is they make cooking easy. They got dinner options that work for your lifestyle, not the other way around. But on top of that, I love that the ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. And for that, I'm definitely rocking with Green Chef. So if you're looking for the number one meal kit for eating well, I want to encourage you to head on over to greenchef.com forward slash 90, that's 90 Casanova. Again, that's greenchef.com forward slash 90 Casanova and use the code 90 Casanova to get $90 off. And that does include free shipping. So again, that's greenchef.com forward slash 90 Casanova and use the code 90 Casanova to get your $90 off. And that includes free shipping. Now let's get back to it. Didn't do that. So really what happened is I ended up going you know, home. My girlfriend had just moved in and I didn't know what else to do. And I said to her, I said, listen, I need your help. I need your help paying the mortgage. I need your help paying the utilities. And by the way, my friend Pete's going to move into that bedroom down the hall. And Jessica's going to move into the bedroom upstairs. And I literally had a 50-50 shot as to whether or not she was going to stick around. But I think she kind of liked me because she, she stuck with it. She did help pay the mortgage and utilities. And we made it through. 2008, but it didn't, you know, I didn't get through it without scars, that's for sure. It was, uh, I was devastated financially, still making okay money in the financial business, but nothing like I was prior. And uh, I just started picking up the, the twigs and putting things together. And that's, that's how the whole thing happened. Crazy, crazy. And obviously, I'm sure a lot of people that are either in real estate or they remember that crash, they can attest to a similar story. Maybe they've heard it or they've been through it, which is just ridiculous. So I fortunately enough, I guess I wasn't heavy into investing back then. But obviously, you know, they say that a lot of money is made, obviously, in the downturns. And so for you, would you say that that was one of the times where you were able to would you say that that was a propeller for you building your wealth? Absolutely. So the Great Recession, although it, you know, when it first happened, it, it scared the living daylights out of me, took away all the money I had in the markets. I mean, pretty much lost it all or depleted it all to finish that strip mall. And then once I got back on my feet, you know, from 2009 to 14, I, I, I was a huge fan of Warren Buffett. I read everything he put out, listened to him all the time. And he always says, buy low, sell high and don't lose money. So right. I, was, I was an advisor, I'd done some real estate, so now I'm ready to really take that plunge into real estate. And what I did is I started buying apartment complexes, pennies on the dollar, from 2009 to 14, and I got up to hmm. 36 units. So I definitely was starting to do things you know, based on the market fall, and I, I, I was doing great. I mean, you never know it when you're doing it, but looking back, holy crap. But then I made a massive mistake or just circumstances hit me the wrong way in 2014 and uh, I took my 37th deal to the bank and the bank said you don't fit in our little square box called debt to income. Now I wasn't borrowing in, in a business name, I was borrowing in my personal name which is the first mistake and I didn't know how this worked but banks have a certain number of, of mortgages you can do or your debt to income ratio calculation and I hit that wall even though I was making good money as an advisor and I had rental income on those 36 units, it wasn't enough and the bank just put the stop 
to that 37th mortgage. But then because you don't fit in the box, now they open up everything and they, they froze my lines of credit, which once mm-hmm. they did that, I was pretty much dead. I, I couldn't finish the units. I was, you know, already leveraged. I was taking money from, I was making Wall Street, using that to renovate units, taking money from rent, using that. So if one bad thing happened, it was it was already all over. So I ended up having to sell all 36 units in 14. Um, my, my fiance at that time, she's now my wife, Larissa, the one that was helping me pay the utilities and the mortgage back in 2008 and nine, she actually we got in you know some hard times there because i had to sell the the dream house that we had bought everything was just crumbling so you can see like my journey you know from early years right on straight through it's just been this crazy roller coaster ride of just ups and downs where i had money i lost it all you know i had things i lost them all so now in 14 i'm at what i would call the bottom part of my life i i had pretty much just lost everything sold all my furniture that i had in the house because i just couldn't make ends meet the cars went the house went and here i am wondering why do i keep failing what is life about you know you're just in that low place blaming everything and just in a you know a terrible spiral downward and that was uh you know i always tell people i say when you're in that moment you don't realize it but those are some of your most powerful moments because you're actually willing to receive you know, you're right. willing to take a, a breath and, and understand like, okay, God, what is next for me? Like, show me the way, give me a sign. Now, the, the signs have been there your whole life, but you fail to see them when things are going good or when you are not allowing life to just happen and you're trying to control everything. And that was me. I tried to control every aspect of everything. I tried to do things, even when the signs were there not to do them, I still pushed forward and did them. And it's, you know, it's kind of just like, almost makes sense that in 14, I, I lost it all. I had to, that was a lesson I had to learn. And in 14, I got a postcard. I'll never forget, I got a postcard in the mail. Come to this three day seminar to learn how to flip houses. And I'm just like, I don't wanna go learn how to flip houses. I was, I already had a bad run in with real estate, but in the back of that postcard, it said, if you come, we will give you a free iPod shuffle. I had nothing to lose, but I had an iPod shuffle to go to gain, so off I went. And at that three-day event, that's where really something magical happened. And that magical thing wasn't some like turn of events. It was I met two people. Two of the speakers that got up in the front, Greg and Mike, were talking about money. Now remember, I'm a, I'm a pretty high-level financial advisor at this time. I thought I knew everything there was to know about money. But they're talking about money in a completely different realm of anything I've ever heard. They're talking about how they're the bank and they're doing loans and all this stuff, self-directed IRAs, private banks. And I had never heard of any of this stuff as an advisor. And I just listened and I'm thinking, these guys are doing the complete opposite of every single thing I've ever been taught to do as an advisor. There's something wrong and it made me question everything. Made me question everything I learned and I dove in and I started, there's a lot more to it, but I started really following multimillionaires and and billionaires and any mastermind where I knew there was gonna be multimillionaires, I found a way to go. Sometimes maxing credit cards out to a point where I was dangerously in debt, but I knew the answer to what I needed lied in these people's minds. And the only way, and I'd learned this enough, you know, through my journey, the only way I was gonna get that is to be there with them. I call it be around the campfire. And when I did that, I started to pick up and see patterns of what the wealthy did with money. And it was totally different than anything I'd done. See, as an advisor, this is what you gotta understand. As an advisor, we are taught by the brokerages and all the stuff to sell the company's product. 
we're literally wearing rosy colored glasses thinking that everything they're teaching us is exactly what everybody needs but it's really not it's what they want us to sell so I was a great salesperson I knew a lot about stocks bonds mutual funds and traditional financial vehicles I knew nothing about what the wealthy really did with money and that's what I was being exposed to so from 14 straight on through I mean right up to today I still do this I spent silly amounts of money to go to masterminds to ask questions to these multimillionaires and many billionaires and what they did with money and I started figuring the secrets out I literally untapped and, and figured out the secrets of the wealthy and I started applying them in my life and I literally like a lot of people are like oh my god that must be complicated I'm not smart enough to do that actually you know what you're you're too smart to do what the wealthy do with their money because everybody thinks that the wealthy do some really fancy things and sometimes they do but what they do first involves people changing just one thing in their lives and I changed that one thing in 2014 and I, it, that all changed with a 90-minute video that this guy Brent sent to me and he said before we can talk you have to watch this video and I didn't want to watch a 90-minute video I just wanted to just show me the way Brent like how do I do this how do I you know do this private banking thing and he said watch the video and that video is where it all changed and I watched it and I knew the path and first so for anybody wondering and they want to know about this video was was it really just changing your mindset or was it changing, like, did it give you, what did that video, just give us a quick 30 seconds on what you got out of that video that said, oh, man, I got to take this seriously. So, you know, in one of the, the individuals, Mike, was talking about private banking. And I didn't, I've never heard about private banking. I thought that was like you go to your bank and they, they bump you up to the private banking division. But he wasn't right. talking about that. He was talking about you creating a banking system becoming your own bank like my hat says BYOB be your own bank but it was creating your own banking system not using banks but actually using mutually owned insurance companies so that 90-minute video showed me what the wealthy do the Rockefellers the Rothschilds the, the Ray Crocs the Walt Disney's what they've done over time and how they've used insurance companies instead of good day dream builder hey if you're anything like me then you're always on the go you're always grinding but at the end of the day, you understand that your health is wealth and that you got to work smarter, even though every single day you're trying to get 1% better and you're trying to work harder. That's exactly why I want to introduce you to Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. And what I love about Green Chef is they make cooking easy. They got dinner options that work for your lifestyle, not the other way around. But on top of that, I love that the ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. So you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. And for that, I'm definitely rocking with Green Chef. So if you're looking for the number one meal kit for eating well, I want to encourage you to head on over to greenchef.com forward slash 90, that's 90 Casanova. Again, that's greenchef.com forward slash 90 Casanova and use the code 90 Casanova to get $90 off. And that does include free shipping. So again, that's greenchef.com forward slash 90 Casanova and use the code 90 Casanova to get your $90 off. And that includes free shipping. Now let's get back to it.
banks to create banking systems that they use to finance all the things in their life. And all they did to do this, and what I learned in that 90-minute video is not just what the concept is and how to apply it, but I learned how to change one thing or add one step to my life, and that was where my money went first. We're taught our whole lives to take our money we make. I'm holding a $100 bill. It's, you know, just play money, but it's $100 bills. And we are taught to make money. We're taught to go to work or start a business to work hard and make money. We are never taught what to do with that money except for put it in the bank, put it in a 401k, or give up control to somebody else. That 90-minute video taught me to take back control of my money by not depositing it in the bank where the bank makes 400 to 1,300% on my money. It said, take my money and change where that money goes first, put it into this insurance company through this special vehicle, and I'll get to that in a second, and because I'm doing that, that one change enables me to earn uninterrupted compound interest on every penny of that money in perpetuity for the rest of my life, but it gives me control of the money so that I can take that money and use it for anything I want. Now remember, back then, this is 2014 or 15, depending on where we land you know, in terms of the time frame, I was highly in debt. So what I started doing is instead of depositing money in the banks and the 401ks and in my stock and mutual fund accounts, what I did is I started putting it into this private banking account, okay, with this insurance company. But then what I would do is I would then take the money right back out and then I would use it to pay off credit cards. So mm -hmm. let's just say, let's just use a hundred bucks. Let's just say I put a hundred dollars into this private bank and I still haven't told you what it is, but I will. And then all of a sudden I then take 50 of that hundred dollars out and I pay off Visa. Because let's just I'm, don't get caught up in the numbers, folks. Just use 100 goes in. I took 50 out, and I pay off Visa with that 50 I just took out. The 100 that is in that account never stopped earning interest. And how much interest does that insurance company pay? 4%. So none of you should get excited about 4%, but you should understand that 4% guaranteed is more than your bank pays you on any of the money that you have in there. But now I've got $100 earning 4%, and I just took half of it out but the insurance company is still paying me full interest, full 4% on all 100, even though I'm holding 50. So I'm already ahead of the game. I'm like, wow, I can put money in, make interest, take money out and still make interest while having control and access to my money. So then I pay Visa off and in every penny I was paying to Visa. Now remember, credit cards are bad debt. They're very expensive. Let's just assume I was paying Visa 20% interest. Well, when I paid Visa off, I no longer owe Visa a monthly payment or that 20% anymore. But because I was being the bank, I got to treat my money the same way I would treat the bank's money or the credit card company's money. So all I did, and I learned this from this 90-minute video, is I changed the name on the check that I was writing to Visa. So let's just assume it was 10 bucks to Visa every month. But that $10 represented 20% interest. Now that I don't owe Visa the $10, I just changed the name on the check to Chris Noggle's bank, and I take that $10 and I put it back into that private bank. I just made money twice. Right. I took back the 20% that I was giving away to Visa, so I'm ahead 20% there, and I'm in control of that $10 every month that before I used to just give away, but I also earned interest on that money the entire time. You see, what the wealthy are really good at, and let me break down the secret of the wealthy. Here's what they understand. They understand in order to continue to build their wealth, they need to do two basic things. They need to control their money and have access and control over that money at all times. Because if an opportunity comes tomorrow, they need to have access to take advantage of that opportunity. So they understand control. 
The second thing they understand is something that Albert Einstein called the eighth wonder of the world, and that is compound interest. We think we understand compound interest, but we really don't. We just pay compound interest, or we receive compound interest from different investments we do. But in doing compound interest the way we're normally taught, we have to park our money somewhere and leave it. The wealthy figured out the eighth wonder of the world. They understand they can put their money there, and then they can earn interest on it, but yet still have access and control of it without interrupting the flow of that compound interest. So if Albert Einstein says compound interest is the most powerful thing in the universe, you know, those that understand it earn it and those that don't pay it, we right. have to then decide how do we tap into compound interest, but yet not give up control. Because if you put your money in a, a bank CD or a bank account, or let's just say a, a brokerage account, while your money's there, it's going to compound. It's going to earn interest. But the second I put money in the bank and I take that money out of the bank, I stop the flow of that interest. So right. I interrupted the compounding. This insurance company, okay, this private bank, allows me to put money in, take money out, but never interrupt the flow of that interest. So now all of a sudden I've opened up an incredible potential to let my money grow while still going out and having my money grow a second or third or fourth or fifth time all at the exact same time. So that's what I learned in that 90 minute video. And also how to get all the money back for every car I ever buy, drive and own because I've always loved cars. Got it. So there's a, still a couple big uh, gaps there. First off, sure is. Now, they definitely want to know what is the 90 minute video. If somebody's listening at this and they say, oh my God, I want to see this 90 minute video. How can I watch it? Is there, how can we find yeah. it? Yeah, just go to my website, chrisnoggle.com, and go to free resources. The very first thing you'll see is the 90-minute video. It's the same 90-minute video I watched back in 14. And, you know, I, I have people all the time say, well, I don't want to watch a 90-minute video. Great, well, then you can't understand how to unlock the secret of the wealthy because that's the, that's the toll. That's what I had to do. So that's right. how they get the 90-minute video. And after the 90-minute video, they're going to have a lot of questions. That's the gateway, the, the toll is that 90 minute video. Then you can set up a call and we'll answer all of your questions on exactly how this works. Got it. So the second question I have is, what exactly is the insurance company? I, I was hoping you were gonna ask that. So these are mutually owned life insurance companies, okay? There's a bunch of them, but they have to be around for over 100 years. They have to pay dividends. And the other thing too, so what is this machine? I'm sure everybody, and I, I intentionally did this. I, I didn't tell you what this private bank was because I wanted you to kind of hear what it does before you understand what it is. Because now I'm gonna tell you what it is, and this is where everybody's gonna be like, uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. Because this is exactly what I thought when I heard it. I heard about this magic machine, call it, the Swiss army knife of the financial world as described by Mike. And all of a sudden when he told me what it was, I said, that sounds too good to be true. It can't be like that. Here's what that is. That mutually owned insurance company has a vehicle called a whole life insurance policy. Now you and I, as in the average person listening to this will understand whole life insurance as one of two things, very expensive life insurance or money that somebody gets when I die. Now that's not fun. Never met a person in my life that cares more about the money that somebody gets the day they die than they do about the money they have when they're living. So what we gotta do is we gotta take a chapter from the banks and we gotta say, where do the banks put their money? Banks, all banks, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, look them up. You can go to fdic.gov and look this up, but banks put the majority of their tier one capital 
into mutually owned insurance companies, into whole life insurance policies. So why would the banks do this? But then the banks don't tell you to do this. They tell you that's a terrible place to put your money. It's because they don't want you to know this. To do a whole life policy that works the way that I just described, where you have immediate access to your money in the first 30 days, you're earning 4% uninterrupted compound interest, it's not a regular whole life. It's built completely backwards. It's built to work like a banking system. And just if anyone wants to know the source of this, on my YouTube channel, I have a video, The History of IBC, explains this and how the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds created this. Hmm. But it's not a normal whole life. But, you know, it's like the old saying, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's got to be a duck. Well, if it looks like a whole life and quacks like a whole life, it's, it's a whole life. It is, but built backwards. And here's the secret. A lot of people want to know, well, like, how does this machine do all that? Well, we build it backwards and we put the majority of the money right into the insurance company's general account where you're getting access to that 4% guaranteed interest, plus every year they pay a dividend. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, is, well, then how do I take that money out immediately? I've never seen a whole life that I can put money in and immediately in the first 30 days take money out. And if, if you have, well, you've seen a good one. The reason that that works is the person that creates the whole life and builds it, we'll call them IBC practitioners, okay, that's what we're called. They know how to build it so that it works like a banking system. And how that works is that person has to give up 60 to 90% of their compensation. So why don't the banks tell you about this? Why don't financial advisors talk about this? How many people do you know that want to give up 60 to 90% of their income so you have access to 60 to 90% of your money? Literally, right. like, think about that. None. No one wants to give up 60 to 90% of their income. Hence why you haven't heard about this before. The banks have been using this this way for hundreds of years. But they've been using it because they don't have to pay somebody. They go direct to the insurance company. So you and me and everybody else, we can't go direct to the insurance company because we don't have hundreds, if not hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. So we right. have to find somebody that knows how to create this, that's willing to give up 60 to 90% of their money and understands how to make this work exactly how I'm describing it. That 90-minute video teaches all of that. And I've got, I don't know, probably 100 videos on YouTube that show how to use this for everything like getting all the money back for the cars you're going to buy, drive and own, how to use it to buy real estate, private lending. Heck, get all the money back for the cell phones that we use. Hmm. Wow. No, that's a definitely an interesting concept. And I've heard about Be Your Own Bank, but you broke it down in a definitely a way that a lot of people should be able to at least get the process started. And of course, you have the 90 minute video for you. Talk to me about how has this been able to help you scale your wealth in the last three years? Well, yeah, let, let's talk about that. And then I want to get into something else that I think is, is a lot more relevant today. But how has this been able to help you scale your wealth? Like, what have you done significant since you've learned about being your own bank? Oh, that's a great question. You know, nobody's ever asked me that. So thank you, because like this is going to really bring it home. So the very first thing I did, remember back when I learned about this, I was highly in debt. I was highly leveraged and I was struggling. So I didn't have a lot of money to put into it. But what I did is I stopped putting money in traditional banks. The only money I kept in a traditional bank was enough to pay my car payment, car insurance, and basic needs. Everything else that I normally would have put into a 401k or investments or you know just kept in a savings account, I changed where that money went first. Then what I did is I immediately started taking the money out. I did it on a quarterly basis. And I paid down credit cards in a very unique way. It's called snowballing. Uh, same thing Dave Ramsey does, okay? We snowballed my debts. But instead of just paying debt off, which was what most people are taught to do, I paid debt down and then I would figure out 
if I was giving Visa $100 a month and I pay half of the Visa off, now I only owe Visa 50 bucks. I would take the $50 I paid down that I no longer have to give the Visa and I would deposit that back in my banking policy. So now I have my regular deposits I'm making into this banking policy. Now I also have an extra 50 bucks a month. And I just started doing that over and over and over again. And then I got rid of all the credit cards. Then I moved on to my cars. I paid off the car note loans and you know the one car loan was $469 a month. Now all of a sudden I'm making a payment back to my policy, my, my specially designed and engineered whole life for $469. Now that's not new money. You gotta understand, I didn't have to work any harder for this money. This right. is money that I used to just gladly give away to the car finance companies, the credit card companies. Now I don't owe it to them, but I'm smart enough to know I gotta treat my money the same as I treat the bank's money because I'm the bank. And if I'm going right. to be the bank, I got to be prudent about that one statement. I got to treat my money the same as the bank's money. So I every time would just write that check back to myself with a bill pay. I started doing this over time, years, okay? Because it does take time to build wealth. I had hundreds of actually today I have tens of thousands of money coming back in on a monthly basis into my banking policies, and it's a lot of that money is just money I used to give away. I did it with my personal credit cards. I did it with my personal cars. Then I moved on to my real estate companies and I started paying off those lines of credit. And instead of you know paying the, the key bank or the Bank of America for the line of credit, now I was just paying it back to my bank. But I started using it in corporate world. Then I started buying rentals and I was using my bank to fund the purchase of the rental. Started with the down payments. Then I would use it to fund the rehab. But every time I was using my money, I treated my money like I would the bank's line of credit. And if the bank's line of credit charged me 6%, well, my company was okay paying the bank 6%. My company should be okay paying me 6%. Right. all I did. And I kept doing this. Today, now, you know, how I use them today is I use them to lend money to other real estate investors at 12%. I use them to buy cars and, and actually I'll buy a car and then I'll lease that car out to a company. And that company pays me a lease payment for three years. Then they give me the car back. Like... I got all the money back for the car already. I just got somebody paying me a lease payment. So you got to understand like what I do and what I learned is so simple because it's the exact same thing all of us do, but we pay the check to somebody else's bank. If you could change where that check goes and it went back into your bank, do you realize how much wealth you could build and how fast you could build it by doing that? Well, most people don't because they've never been taught how to have their money work for them. They've only been taught how to go work for money. I'm teaching you how to be the bank by having your money actually go to work every single day and work harder than you can ever work so that you can focus on big picture stuff and getting to your perfect day or your financial destination, as you will, faster without having to work any harder, without working any longer and without taking on any risk because risk is what gets people in trouble, especially right now. Markets are all time highs and people are piling money in the stock markets, piling money into real estate. You know what everybody's doing? The opposite of what Warren Buffett told me to do and everybody else. Buy low, sell high, and don't lose money. People are right now buying high. When the market drops, they will sell low, and they will certainly lose money. That's risk. So you got to be very careful right now. And me, I don't take any risk. I have all my money going into a guaranteed, boring account, the specially designed and engineered whole life. Nothing sexy about it. But what's sexy about what I do is not the whole life at all. That's just the machine I use to move my money. The process I just explained, that circle, the money starts in my bank, goes out to buy or finance the things that I normally would use somebody else's bank for, and then from that, that whatever I do, the car or the real estate thing, I take the money and it ends up back in my bank. 
It's a big circle that all lands back in my own bank instead of somebody else's. Folks, right there, like whether you grasp that or not, and if you don't, you got to watch the video. That is what the wealthy know that you don't. That is what they do every single day of every single month of every single year. And that is why the families of these wealthy individuals like the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers get richer and richer. And it doesn't matter what happens in the economy because their money's always in motion. And I forgot to mention too, if I ever pass away, okay, my family now all of a sudden gets a big old death benefit that helps them take what I've built and super like just escalated at a major level. Like this is how the Rockefellers and the Rock, uh, Rock, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds have accelerated what they do and how they're so wealthy. We don't even know how wealthy they are. It's because every single time one of them die, the money goes to their trust and that next generation builds upon that. It's almost like money falling out of, out of the sky. Unfortunately, somebody has to leave this earth, but you know, we're here for a very short period of time anyway. And while we're here, we can't ever forget the most important thing. And that is to give and help other people solve their problems. So Brent, the guy I learned and watched the 90 minute video from solved my problem. I now go out and solve thousands of people's money problem. That is how I give. And everybody needs to take a lesson on that, that we have to give more before we can receive. And if you just focus on helping people solve their problems, you will be wealthy no matter what. It's just harder than it sounds. Yeah. Man, it's so much, there's so much value there. I'm so excited for other people to hear this and to be able to rewind this and really write this down because this, like you said, will change lives. The question that I have for you is, you, I think, are you someone who feels like you should liquidate everything to keep cash on hand? Because that's that's obviously when you have like you talked about real estate right and and right now there's a lot of equity in a lot of people's houses and i always say it's just like monopoly money if you're not tapping into it so for you are you someone who feels like you gotta stay liquid like don't put your money in the bank if you're if you, that's the last thing that you should do stay as liquid as possible so you can move on opportunities i 100 percent agree with that i believe in that monopoly statement you made i am always in a liquid state or in control of my money the only lack of liquidity i have is if i make a loan to somebody or i've got my money out there working but if my money's already working like i'm not going to call my money back in and say go work again i'm just going to keep it working and i'm going to find a way to get more money and more of my little marching green men back out there to work so right now let me just talk about what's going on now a lot of you don't know enough about my background, but you can find it very easily. I study economics and market patterns, and, and I have access to people that the average person doesn't to tell me what's coming. And I will tell you, in the next two to three years, there will be a complete collapse. Where it's at right now is just ridiculous. And it's because of massive printing of the government, and there's so much more to it. But just know that the stock market's in a collapse. When the stock market goes down, what always happens six to nine months later? Real estate values come down because if you can't make money in the markets, people lose jobs, they can't afford houses, it brings value down, it's supply and demand. Real estate's high right now because we just got done with COVID, everybody's flush with cash because we couldn't spend money for a year, plus we got a bunch of stimulus, so we got money to burn and we want bigger houses so that our families don't have to you know, be confined in a small house with this, this whole COVID thing. So real estate's booming, but supply and demand always drives price up. But what happens when there's more houses than there is people that want to buy them, the price comes down. So when the stock market crashes, real estate will also come down. But listen, don't be scared of this, folks. Understand what is coming 
Although that sounds terrible. Oh my God, the next great recession or the next great recession over again. I, it's gonna, I don't want to go through that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, because it will create the greatest opportunity of your lifetime. If we could all just get one of those Back to the Future DeLoreans, go back to 2009 with what we know today and be ready for it and go back and just, I don't care what you bought. I don't care if you bought stocks, bonds. I don't care if you bought real estate in 2009. Do you all realize like if you did that or had that opportunity just for one year to go back and buy as much stuff as you could back in 2009 when everything was deflated, you'd all be millionaires. Some of you would be billionaires. We're going to have that opportunity again. The problem is many people will not be ready for that because they will have all their assets already deployed. And, and what are they deployed in? Stocks. ETFs, mutual funds, real estate deals. And when the market drops, it's called deflation, all the pricing deflates. So now all your money is in assets that are deflating in value. You've lost the opportunity to take those dollars, okay, or those assets and redeploy them into lower prices because you're already, you bought high and now okay. you're going down. Right. So let me ask you this then. So you're saying, so should you be investing? Because right, you said you follow Warren Buffett and you obviously the rule is that you sell high, you buy low, right? And the same thing in real estate. You make your money when you buy, not when you sell, right? So I definitely get that. But if I'm right now getting 12% in the stock market, we also know, and, and I don't invest a ton into the stock market, but for somebody who's thinking this, they say, I'm getting 12% in the stock market right now, which is normally about 8% or whatever. So I'm doing great. Plus I'm getting, you know, obviously cash flow and a lot of appreciation in my real estate. And this is the perfect time to sell high. If I sell high, I then got to go put my money in my own bank, right? But I'm only going to get a guaranteed 4% because I can't time the market. So like, how do I grow my money so I'm even more liquid when this three to four years comes so I can be ready? Because I'm gonna lose out on eight to 10% if I take out all of my money right now and go put it into my own bank. Man, that was awesome. You don't even realize what you just did there. You just described the general euphoria that everybody is in right now. And that euphoria is, I'm making so much money, I don't ever want it to end, so I'm just gonna keep putting it in because it just keeps going up. It is called FOMO, fear of missing out. And FOMO is the most dangerous thing in the stock world of investing or any world of investing because it always leads you off a cliff. That's what, you just described it so well. So, you know, what is coming? We all know, two to three years. And you might be saying, well, yeah, but I'm just gonna push it for two to three years. Yeah, but it could happen tomorrow. It could happen you know, at the end of this year. We can't time the markets. You never can. The best in the world can't, so don't try. So what you just said about like, if I sell today, where do I put my money? I'm gonna put it in my private bank and make a whopping 4%, woo-hoo, you know? And you should say that, like, woo-hoo, 4%. It's still better than what your bank gets. But yes, is there going to be a period of time where your money's just gonna sit and not make as much as it is today while you wait for this opportunity? There will be. Now, there's ways to move it, but we don't have time in this podcast to get into that. We, we teach these ways where it's very safe. But let's just pretend that you had to put your money somewhere where it's just going to make 4% while you wait for this thing. And you're so bored, but you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and everything actually does materialize and drop. And let's say things go down 30%. You take that money that's been sitting there that's just been eating a hole in your pocket and you deploy that at 30% lower pricing than today on anything you wanna buy. You can buy Apple 30% off. You can buy Tesla 30% off. You can buy that duplex or that triplex or that, that multiplex 30% off. Wouldn't that be worth the wait? 100%. And then that wait 
would pay off 10, 20x, you know, 100x. But if you don't do that, if you, if you don't have that period of waiting, it could all just be for, you're, not, you're never going to achieve that. Patience is a virtue, and so many people don't have patience because of the euphoria, the, the FOMO. I, I don't know how to put it. It's not easy, folks. I'm not saying this is just like some magic easy thing. It takes discipline. It takes following set rules. You can still trade the stock market right now, but you got to follow very distinct rules. You buy something, know what you're buying it at, and know your exit. But not only know your exit. So let's say I buy something at $100 a share. I want to exit that at 120 a share, but most people, when it gets to 120, they're like, oh, it's going to go to 130. Game over. You just broke your rules. You're going to lose money. Mark my word. I've been doing this over 20 years professionally. When I buy something, I sell at a very definitive price, okay, a distinct rule. And my rules, we just shrunk them. So if I buy something, I'm looking for small little gains, 10% gains is all I'm looking for right now. And when I hit it, I'm out. And I got money sitting in cash, and I'm like, darn it. But that cash gives me the opportunity to take advantage of the next, uh, or gives me the ability to take advantage of the next opportunity. Without that cash, I don't have an opportunity. Without that liquidity, that control, opportunity doesn't exist. See, that's what I'm trying to get your mindset around. You gotta change your mind to start working the way that the wealthy work. You gotta change your mind to understand that opportunity is always gonna come, but only few have the ability to really take advantage of it. What you're seeing today, this isn't an opportunity. What you're seeing today is just kind of almost like a sideways thing that just feels like an opportunity because it's blown up in the media. An opportunity would be when Warren Buffett started buying in 2009, 10, and 11, and he bought things 50% off. That's an opportunity. The opportunity when I was buying those apartment buildings, pennies on the dollar back when I was, that was an opportunity. I made mistakes and I lost it all. I won't do that again, and you shouldn't either. So. Do you, should everybody sell everything right now? Well, that depends on your circumstances. If you don't sell, follow the rules and tighten your rules up a lot. If you have real estate, if you're flipping houses, keep them very short in nature. Actually, go to a wholesale model. Just start buying them, clean them up, and move them on the market. The market's hot enough where you can do that. Big flips right now is danger, danger, danger. Rentals. Look at your rental and say to yourself, honestly, could you afford to lose 30% of the value of your rental and if you did, would you still support it with the cash flow? And do you have enough in reserves that if a sewer line blows out or something big happens, do you have reserves that will pay for that? These are just the little things you need to get ready for. I'm not saying dump everything right now, although I, I'm selling all my real estate right now. Not because I don't trust real estate, but because I understand that the bigger opportunity is a few short years away. And I also understand the pricing I'm getting for my real estate I'm selling right now. I went from 91 units two years ago, and I'm trying to get down under 10 right now. And I am crushing it with what we're selling property for because the market's just so ready for inventory. And I'm just feeding the inventory, I'm taking all my rentals, just feeding it in. And people think I'm stupid for doing this. Me? I'm just following a set of rules that are very simple. I bought them low, I'm selling them high, and I'm not gonna lose money. And then when they go low again, I will rinse and repeat and do this process over and I'll sleep really good at night. I won't ever have to ask my wife again to you know, help pay the mortgage, the utilities, and rent bedrooms out to friends of mine just to make ends meet. Those were learning lessons, hard ones. I'm trying to help your listeners and everybody else that's listening to this not make the mistakes I did by following very simple rules, change where your money goes first and tap into uninterrupted compound interest. 
Be smart about your investing right now. Not saying don't invest, but set rules to your investing patterns and definitive rules. If you lose 5%, maybe you should cut your losses and get out. Don't ride it down. If you're buying real estate, keep it short. Make sure you run your numbers. Make sure you run the test. Don't think that the, don't do any real estate right now based on speculative growth of that real estate. So if you're buying real estate saying, oh, you know, I know I'm overpaying for it, but that's okay. If the price goes up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do well. Every single person in 2006 and 2007 said the same thing until they couldn't say it anymore. And if any of you are driving around, and I'm sorry to go long in this, but if any of you are driving around your towns, I want you to go drive through some of these new developments from these builders and look at how many houses are being built. It's astronomical. Some of you might be too young to remember 2006 and 7, but folks, I'm not. And it looks exactly the same, but worse, way worse. It's not going to be the same as 08, but it looks the same, folks. So again, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it must be a duck we're coming into something that's gonna be really hard for a lot of people in this country. And it's gonna be here before we even know it. Question is, are you ready? Or are you gonna be the one that buries your head in the sand when this happens and you don't pick your head, uh, head up out of the sand until it's all over and then everything's gone? I and you, and I know Casanova want to be the person with the light in the darkness saying, folks, follow me, I'm gonna show you through this darkness. Every one of you need to be that light in the darkness. But to do that, you got to really start planning for it today. Man, so much wisdom. Again, I, I can't say thank you enough for coming on and sharing. We're going to make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes. Uh, but I guess there's one question I always like to leave off with. And that is there's somebody out there that they aspire to be just like you on your journey, right? They're, they're inspired by you, not only me, but a lot of people. I'm sure they're going to be watching and listening to this, but they still have that little voice in their head. And that little voice says they're not strong enough. They're not smart enough. Or maybe they just don't have enough resources to be their own bank. What's the one thing that you would leave this person with to get them to just take action? I have two really good things I can say, but I'm going to go with this one because it's about the resources thing. A lot of people don't take action because they think they don't have the money. Well, here's the one thing you need to understand. It is not about your actual resources. It's about how resourceful you can be. The wealthiest people I know started with nothing, but they were resourceful. And you know, here's the last piece of advice. This will make every one of you listening to this right now wealthy and successful beyond your wildest dreams, but it's one of the hardest things I can tell you to do. You want to be wealthy? You want to be successful, you got to do one thing. You got to go out there and you got to solve somebody else's problem. If you do that every day, if you go out every single day and you solve somebody else's problem, every problem you have will be solved because it's a universal law. You know, givers gain, whatever you want to call it, Zig Ziglar. If you help enough people get what they want, you get what you want. It's the same thing, but it starts with you solving other people's problems and not focusing on the me, me, me and your problems because those can't get solved until you solve others problem love it love it we're gonna put all of the links in the show notes but for anybody who wants to stay connected with you where can they find you at 
Yeah, the, I mean, the best place is my website, chrisnoggle.com, but I'm on all social channels. I'm at the Chris Noggle on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook. YouTube is where all my good stuff is. And you know, one of my biggest gifts that I give to everybody is the I make them laugh. I love making people laugh. We talked about serious stuff today, but when you go on YouTube, watch some of my funny skits. If you like Saturday, Saturday Night Live or funny movies, you will love the funny skits we put up there. And if you don't laugh, there's something wrong with you. So check out my YouTube, subscribe to it, and let me know what you think. Cool, man. Well, I want to be the first one, if no one else has told you today, my brother, to say thank you. I appreciate you for coming on, dropping so much value and wisdom. I know I learned a ton, and I'm super excited to see the tens and thousands of other people that will one day look at this and say, I learned a ton as well. My beliefs have all been changed and challenged, and that's always a great thing because it means that we're breaking through to another level. So again, thank you. And just as he said, Dream Nation, you have to take action because if you don't, that dream that you have and we all have a dream that dream that you have will only merely be a fantasy that's all for this one we'll catch you on the next one that's all we got for this episode thank you for sticking around that truly means a lot to me and hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one if you haven't already the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side.